Well, good morning to you again. I tell you what, it's, I love standing up here and looking at your smiling faces every morning. It just does my heart so good. Uh, did you do this special? Okay. Um, my announcement then is tonight at 5 o'clock, we're going to be back in the book of Revelation. We are having, yeah. So tonight at 5 o'clock, here, right here, we'll be in here. So uh, come. It's uh, on the, the churches of the book of Revelation. You'll, you'll uh, learn a lot from that. So come back again tonight if you can. If you have your Bibles with you today, open with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're in the middle of our series on the Beatitudes. These are attitudes that ought to be a part of your life, but I thought of something else this week. They are B, the letter B, attitudes. B for the word that begins every verse. Blessed. We ought to have a blessed attitude. You know, like your t-shirt. Too blessed to be stressed. We have to have that kind of an attitude in our life to be blessed. That word blessed means happy. We are happy people because we know Jesus as our Savior. Today we're going to look just at verse 9, but I want us to stand together and read in unison again. And we'll do this a couple more times, but I just think it's so beautiful to hear you um, reading the Word of God. It'll be up on the board. If, as we stand together, let's begin reading at chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is a kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated. Our concentration today is on that verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers. We're going to talk about how to be a peacemaker at the end of the message. But, you know, it's not always possible. There was a three-year-old boy who invited, had a friend come over to play. Whether he invited him or not, probably moms got together and did this. But the three-year-old boy, let's say his name is Johnny. Johnny has this friend come over, and that friend come over and started playing with Johnny's toys. And Johnny didn't like that at all. And so throughout the morning, Johnny was kind of fussy and grumpy, and, and every time that friend picked up one of Johnny's toys, he'd grab it, snatch it, and say, that's mine. You know, isn't that the way kids are? The one toy you're playing with, that's the one I want to play with right now. So he, he was just plain not nice. When mom came out with some snacks later in the morning, he sa she said to her son, said, now you know that you really should be nicer to your friend. He came over to play with you, 
and you're not being nice to him. You should learn to share your toys. Little Johnny said, well, Mom, sometimes I'm mean and sometimes I'm nice. That's just the way people are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, between that story and the story we, we told the first week about the little girl saying God has to shine through us, that's, that really depicts what we're going to talk about today. Sometimes we're nice. Sometimes we're not nice. We're going to give you three different kinds of people that are in the world. They're listed on your outline in your bulletin. Uh, they are the peace breakers, peace fakers, and then we'll talk about peace makers. But right now, let's talk about peace breakers. Peace breakers are people who go out of their way to cause trouble and division. I mean, they're just plain troublemakers. Deliberately confrontational. It looks like they walk around with a chip on their shoulder just pick, trying to pick a fight. And they'll fight against anything and everything, even things that don't really matter, even things they don't really believe in. I say it's daylight, and they'll say, no, it's dark, you know, just to be argumentative. They disagree just to disagree. These are the kind of people that stick their nose in other people's businesses where they don't belong. They will do anything to make trouble. In a conversation, they'll come up to you and say, you know what they are saying, you know what they are doing, and then you say, well, who are they? Well, I'm not at liberty to tell you who they are, probably nobody, just you, but that's what a troublemaker does. They send anonymous letters to your boss to um, get you in trouble. I've, I've told everybody, I've told the staff here, if you get a letter under your door or in your box or in the mail that doesn't have a return address or somebody doesn't sign it, don't read it. It's absolutely unnecessary. We just shred them. It's, it's ridiculous to read an unsigned letter. What am I going to do with it? God says a lot of things about troublemakers. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. He calls these troublemakers, he calls these peacebreakers dishonest whisperers. Another translation said troublemakers start fights and gossipers break up friendships. Friendship is a very important thing to God. Friendship is characterized by learning to get along with people. In the church, we are a family, the family of God. God is our Father, Christ is our Savior. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And God wants us to learn to get along. And God doesn't take too kindly for people who cause trouble in his family. People who, as that verse said, um, stir up strife. Whisperers who separate close friends. He desires peacemakers and not peace breakers. Fellowship. We have to have a fellowship within our body you need to have that in your family. You need to have that at work. Everywhere you go, you ought to gender that kind of feeling of, of unity. We need peacemakers in our world today. We need people who have unity as the coal. Look, look at how God tells us to deal with troublemakers. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 10. That first part just really gets to me. He says, drive out the scorner, the troublemaker. 
the peace breaker. Drive them out. In fact, I looked it up in the, in the uh, Hebrew. It means divorce from them. Not like in a marital divorce, but divorce yourself from that kind of person. Drive them out. And then what does he say will happen? And strife will go out. Quarreling and abuse will cease. Isn't that amazing? Get rid of the, the peace breaker. Get rid of the troublemaker. And you'll start to have peace and unity. Now, before we use that verse and go out on a witch hunt and, you know, look for them people that are just having a bad day because we're a lot like that little boy. Sometimes I'm nice and sometimes I'm not. We need to examine our own heart first. We need to see if we are a peacemaker or are we actually trying to be a peace breaker using the guise of being a peacemaker. The easiest way to be a peacemaker is a peace breaker is the use of your tongue. Even that verse said that a gossiper, a slanderer, goes around making trouble. I'll extend that to say not just the words that we say, but even the words that we write, oral or written. Gossip, slander, being a busybody, being judgmental, these things don't belong in the church. And we need to kick them out. Now, Jesus gave a stern warning in Matthew chapter 13 about digging up the tares. The tares were a, a thing that the enemy would plant, looks just like wheat, and it grows up next to it. But what if you pull that tear out, some of the wheat will get uprooted and die. So we don't want to go around doing that. Uh, the danger is others will be uprooted in the process. So Paul tells us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, he says to mark them which cause divisions and offenses that are contrary to the doctrine that you have learned and avoid them. So he gives us a two-step process there. We mark them, we notice them, we see who they are. Not the ones that are just having a bad day, we, we let that slide. But I'm talking about that one person, you know, at work or that person in the family or that person in the neighborhood or that person in church that always only has negative hurtful things to say that's the kind of person you mark in your own heart say now when i see him coming i'm just going to let what he says you know go by and say well thanks for your opinion and walk away avoid them now, i don't think you should uh, see them coming down one side of the church and you walk onto the other side of the church nothing like that but avoid what they're saying that's the way you defang the snake. That's the way you descent the skunk. You are to take away their power by marking them, knowing who they are, and then avoiding them. We are here to build each other up, not to tear each other down. We're here to create unity. We need to be peacemakers and not peace breakers. The Bible says that the tongue can be used to give life or death. So before we start looking at others, we need to listen to what we're saying ourselves. We need to hear our words that are coming out of our mouth. And we need to ask ourselves, are my words building up? Am I edifying? Am I encouraging? Or am I tearing down? And we're capable of doing both. 
In fact, James says in James 3.10, from the mouth cometh both blessing and cursing. But he says this, brothers, that ought not to be. We need to change. Let us be peacemakers with our actions and with our words. The second group are the peace fakers. Now these, these people, they, they get away with a lot because we actually think they're kind of spiritual. A peace faker will go to any length to avoid any kind of conflict, confrontation, or argument. They, they like to do things like sweep it under their carpet. Let's act like it never happened. In doing so, what they do is they settle for a counterfeit peace and they're avoiding the real issue. When we avoid the real issue, what happens is that begins to fester. You ever hear the term making a mountain out of a molehill? That's what the people around you do. They, they, be, they keep thinking about it because it hasn't been dealt with. It hasn't been eradicated. They avoid talking about things because it may upset someone. Or they give up. They just give in. Even if the issue is very vital. Some people will try to ride both sides of the fence. I, I remember having a friend of mine and something would come up and be very controversial. He'd meet with both groups. He'd get with group A and he'd agree with them, said, you know, y'all are right. Then he'd meet with group B and tell them the same thing, you know, y'all are right. And nothing would get done. He's a peace faker. Agreeing with everyone no matter what. They are faking peace because, listen, pacification is not peace. Just making things go away is not peace. And the enemy is going to get up on your shoulder and they're going to whisper into your ear, don't do it. Don't, don't say anything. Maintain the status quo. Don't upset the apple cart. Beloved, be very careful what you say. That's what we were talking about in the first point, the peace breakers. Be careful what you say. Under this one, I'm saying this, be careful what you don't say. You have to deal with the issue, deal with the problem. If there's a problem in your family and you just let it go, bitterness is going to rise up in the, other, in the rest of the family because daddy didn't do anything, mommy didn't do anything about it. We have to confront the issue if we're going to keep the peace. And we do that in love. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, Therefore, having put away falsehoods, lies, let each of one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We're to get the truth out there. Find out what the real issue is. Find out what the real problem is. And, and bring it to a conclusion. Don't, excuse me. Don't fake peace at the expense of truth. But seek peace. For one another. Now the one that we've come to really learn about. Peacemakers. God wants us to be a peacemaker. Above everything else. Everything else. Our focal verse said. Blessed. Happy are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Now peacemakers are a very different kind of person. Let me give you some reasons why they're, they're different. First of all, a peacemaker pays attention to what they say. They're careful about the words that they use. A peacemaker is prepared to tell the truth in love 
and to trust God for the outcome. Now hear me on this, because uh, we get this off a lot. They speak the truth in true love. You know what I hear people say? Well, I'm going to tell them like it is and let the chips fall where they may. I've had, I've had elderly people, bless your heart. If I say bless your heart, I can say anything else I want after that. Bless your heart. They'll say, I'm at the age now where I can say whatever I want and let everybody else worry about picking up the pieces. You're wrong. I'll tell you when you get to that age. Did you hear that? <laughs> we never have the right to just tell it like it is. Tell it like what you think it is anyway. Because when people are confronted and they're not confronted in love, they feel like they have just been run through the ringer, beaten down, run over by a team of horses, you know? A peacemaker wants peace without compromise. They want peace that is lasting, that is worthwhile. And when they are trying to help people, they're going to do it gently. They're going to do it in love. They're going to go prayerfully. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, is so simple. A soft answer turns away wrath. Going in love, going with peace, um, going prayerfully turns away the wrath, the anger. The person doesn't get upset. The person doesn't feel like they've been run through the ringer. But it also says harsh words stir up anger. You, you go around pointing your finger and getting in somebody's face, all it's going to do is get their, their ire up. They're, they're, they're going to want to retaliate. They may not do it right then because they don't have the words to say, but they're going to leave that conversation and they're going to talk to other people about it who will agree with them and help them feed their anger. Here's the second reason peacemakers are different. Peacemakers attack the problem and not the person. They attack the problem, not the person. You can't focus on fixing the problem if you're focused on blaming the person at the same time. That is it's an impossibility. If you think you're a peacemaker, but all you do is blame other people for the problem, you're not being a peacemaker. You're just being a troublemaker. You're trying to pick a fight. If you're still trying to establish blame, it's because you have bitterness about the issue. Maybe you're not the right one to go and to deal with that. You need to get your heart right with God. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. He said, let all bitterness, wrath, all anger, all clamor, all slander be put away from you along with all malice. See, you need to deal with that verse first before you go. You need to make sure that all that bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor is out of your life. Then you can go to verse 32. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Peacemakers are going to attack the problem and not the person. They're going to deal with the issue. Peacemakers are also different because they cooperate as much as possible. 
Uh, I love this verse. It's in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It says, um, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You know what I love about that verse? God knows us. God knows that boy, we can't get along with everybody. It's just not going to be possible. We're, we're kind of hard to live with, you know, each one of us. There are some people that are, uh, you'll just never see eye to eye on. But what do we do? As much as it is possible, as much as liveth in you, as much as you can do it, you live peaceably with all men. Do everything you can. And that's not easy. Being a peacemaker is not easy. Peace can only come with a price. If you want to bring peace to your home, to your marriage, to your church, there will always be a price. See if you can guess the price. I'm going to give you three statements. It's going to cost you your self-centeredness. It's going to cost you your, self, your selfishness. It's going to cost you your self-inflated ego. Do you see what those three things have in common? Self. See, you've got to overcome self to be a peacemaker. You need to come to the point that says, maybe my wife was right. Maybe my husband has a point. Maybe my coworker has a legitimate complaint. Peace has a price. The price is letting go of self and allowing God to take control. Oh, for some of you, that, that doesn't sit well. You don't like to do that. You can't let the old self die. You, you can't say those three simple words, I was wrong. I am sorry. Unless you are a perfect person and I'll, I'll erase all doubt, you're not. I'm not, nobody is. You're going to do things in your life that you're going to have to say you're sorry. You're going to have to admit you were wrong. That movie, Love Story, how many remember the movie Love Story from the 70s? The, the theme of that movie is love is um, having never to say you're sorry. That's wrong. True love says you're sorry all the time because you are going to make mistakes all the time. Whether accidentally or intentionally, we just do. We need to say to one another, I'm sorry. And that isn't easy. I ought to forgive one another because Christ has forgiven me. God wants peacemakers in our homes, in our workplace, in our church, in our community. And we need to be bridge builders. Getting that gap closed. If possible, as, as much as you can do, live at peace with everyone. The final characteristic of a peacemaker is that a peacemaker emphasizes relationships even above resolution. Now here's a simple fact. People are different. Different than you are. And they don't always see things the way you do. They don't always agree. But we can agreeably disagree in this life beloved there are things that we never see eye to eye on but we can always walk hand in hand 
Building relationships matters. I, I take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 says, Therefore, any, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, all this is from God. All this, this new creation that you are is from God. The old having passed away is from God. All that new that has come, it is from God. How? Through Christ reconciling you to himself. Jesus Christ came to this earth to reconcile sinners to a holy God. And he did that by the cross. Being nailed to the cross was the way, the one and only way that we can be reconciled to God. But I'm not through that verse. That verse still says something else. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. See, Jesus Christ has done all that for us through his reconciling us to God. And now he says, I want you to be a peacemaker. I want you to be in the ministry of reconciliation. God's whole business is being a peacemaker. God says that relationships are important. And that's what life is all about. You ever hear the term that there's no U-Haul behind the hearse? You can't take it with you when you go. I, I love that story that came out back in the 70s about a guy who called his wife over. He was on his deathbed. He said, honey, I I've saved up a lot of money, a lot of cash, and I put it in this mattress. When I die, I want you to promise me you're going to take all that cash and put it in the coffin with me. She didn't know what to do. She wrote to Dear Abby. Dear Abby gave her some good advice. Take all that money out of that bed, put it in the bank, write out a check, put it in his pocket, send him off. <laughs> yeah. Because stuff doesn't go with you to heaven. You won't have any possessions to take with you. But you will have relationships. Heaven is all about relationships. Can't wait to get to heaven. To see that man who led me to Christ when I was 12 years old. That Baptist preacher down in Fort Myers, Florida. Just going door to door. He had nothing else to do that night. So he came to see me and my sister. And he told me about Jesus. You get to heaven by a relationship, a relationship with God's son. You won't have stuff in heaven, but we will have each other. We'll have Jesus, we'll have relationships. Relationships matter. Relationships are important and they need to be emphasized more than the resolution. So even if we can't get along, we agree to disagree and we get along. We make sure that we are one in Christ together. How can you be a peacemaker? It all begins with you knowing the Prince of Peace. Knowing this one, Jesus, who came and lived among us, he was holy God, and he died on the cross to bring you into a right relationship with God. And he said, as he was nailed to the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If he can forgive them for nailing them to the cross, if he can forgive me because my sins put him on the cross, he'll forgive you of everything and anything. You can know Jesus as your Savior. You need to just come into a relationship with them. He wants you to trust him. He wants to save you. He wants you to believe in him, to have faith in him. And he has the ability to fix every problem that you have. 
Everything that is broken, he can fix. When he and the disciples were in a big storm, he just stepped out there on the boat and he, he rebuked the winds and the waves and the sea became a great calm. See, Jesus wants to be the peacemaker in your life. He, where he sees a storm, he wants to bring you calm. Where he sees chaos, he wants to create order. Where you have bitterness, he wants to give you peace. I invite you to come to the Prince of Peace this morning, to know Jesus as your Savior. The Bible says, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. We have all done that. We've all done bad things, wrong things, things that we're sorry for. We just need to call out to God because Jesus is the only one who can save you. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And you can come to him today. Because of his work on Calvary, you can come to him. He said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Would you do that? As we bow together and as we pray. Heavenly Father, I know that today we have a lot of turmoil in our world, in the world as, as, as it is, but even in our own world, in our own heart, a lot of struggling. You came to be the peacemaker, and you have given us the ministry of reconciliation to be peacemakers as well. God, I pray that you would do that today. Bring peace to a heart who is lost, Father, that you would draw them to yourself. Holy Spirit, you would convict them of sin. Convict them of their need for Jesus. And as they cry out to you this day, that you will save them by the blood of Christ. Lord, be with our church. Be with each one here. And Lord, if there's somebody here today that you've convicted about being a peace breaker, I ask you, Jesus, that they would just fully repent, turn around, and begin this ministry of reconciliation themselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. During our invitation, I want to invite you to come to, if you want to join the church, we'd love to have you. If you want to come and talk about salvation or talk about baptism, whatever your questions may be, I'm going to be right here at the front. I'll greet you, and we'll talk about that. If you want to come and just pray, we, we invite you to do that. You can make an altar where you are. But especially today, if you're lost and you want to know Jesus as your Savior, let's talk about that. Let's get right with God. As we stand together and as we sing, you come on this first stanza.